Please turn with me in your Bibles to our text, which is Ecclesiastes, continuing in chapter 8, looking at verses uh, 2 to 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verses 2 to 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, for sake of uh, context, we'll, we'll read 1 to 8. Remember, we'll be looking at Ecclesiastes 8 verses 2 to 8. So please hear with me the reading of God's Word. Who is like the wise? and Who knows the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom makes his face shine and the hardness of his face is changed. I say keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. Do not be hasty to go from his presence. Do not take your stand in an evil cause for he does whatever he pleases. For the word of the king is supreme. And who may say to him, what are you doing? Whoever keeps a command will know no evil thing, and the wise heart will know the proper time and just way. For there is a time and a way for everything, although man's trouble lies heavy on him. For he does not know what is to be, for who can tell him how it will be? No man has power to retain the spirit or power over the day of death. There is no discharge from war. Nor will wickedness deliver those who are given to it. Thus far as a reading of God's Word. Uh, last time we were together, uh, we just went over one verse, right? Verse one together and addressed those questions that Solomon asked. Uh, who is like the wise man and who knows the interpretation of a thing? And as we read and studied, we uh, concluded that there is none like the wise man. Right? The wise man is an uncomparable man. But we also said that the wise man uh, is hard to find, right? aren't they? The wise man is hard to find. This heavenly wisdom which Solomon is speaking about is, is rare. Right? Many have knowledge, but remember that, that wisdom, true wisdom, is putting that knowledge to right use right? and to the right ends. And this is something I think is is gravely lacking in, in churches and in individual Christians as well. And part of that, we said, is because so much time is spent uh, accumulating knowledge and wanting to go out and do, do things, um, and not enough time is spent in prayer, right? asking God that He would grant to us uh, more wisdom and that He would enable us to to, to make great gains or great improvements upon the wisdom that He has given to us. Uh, we used the example last week of, of uh, speaking to others about Christ or speaking to others about you know, heavenly doctrine, whether that's an unbeliever or a believer. And uh, we said that so many, I think, are, are of the opinion that as long as what I'm saying is true, kind of nothing else matters. I have every right to say it if it's true. They don't consider the time, uh, the place, uh, the tone, right? the audience. None of these things are considered. But this is because they lack wisdom. right? The fool lacks wisdom. They lack self-control. They like to hear themselves speak. Uh, they want to be seen and heard as having all the answers. But the, the wise man is concerned now with his own glory, with the glory of God. The wise man is able to silence the tongue and he knows when to speak. Uh, he knows who his audience is and he knows how to speak to each audience in a way that will be effectual in his engagements with him. 
Right? It is these people who Solomon said, whose face shines and who the hardness, or remember, the strength of their face has changed. What we said that meant by the face shines is that in this sense, as they, as they walk with the mind of God, right, as they live out their life with the mind of God, they are walking in the beauty of His holiness. Right? They are a light in the world. Uh, they are lovely to behold when you see that wisdom put on display. It is a benefit to many. That strength of their face, we said that means that what it's talking about is no longer are we walking around this world unsure. Right? But rather now we, we walk in, in strength and in confidence because we understand times and seasons and how to navigate particular uh, situations because we don't walk in our own wisdom, but we walk now in the wisdom of the Lord. And so now what we see Solomon doing in verses uh, 2 to 8 is really laying down practical applications for the right use of wisdom. And one of the first things he says to us is, is that uh, the wise man is someone who is loyal to the government. Right? We touched on this briefly last week. Now, in a day and age in which we live in, uh, where you have you know, the Internet and you have people able to, to hop on and, and blog and enter chat rooms and do all these things, right? what we see today is, is oftentimes people uh, wanting to, to speak their peace. And uh, many times you even find Christians doing this, and it's, it's a, a mocking of our leaders, isn't it? It's uh, a name-calling. It's a total lack of, of respect for those who are over us. But this shows a, a lack of wisdom. Right? We need to understand that. It shows a, a lack of wisdom. Right? What does Solomon say in verse 2? I say, keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. Right? He's saying, submit to your authorities. Uh, a part of that means what? It means... Uh, that we show respect right, to those who are over us. Right? We show uh, reverence to them. Why? This can be translated different ways, but because of God's oath to him, it could, or it could be our oath to God, uh, essentially. Right? What it's saying is God has put them there. You are uh, under God. You uh, have an obligation right, to, to follow those who God has put over you. Right? There's a, this oath that, that must be uh, obeyed, that must be followed, that must be respected. And so showing reverence right, is a part of uh, honoring and serving those who are over us and submitting to their authority. Uh, that means, though, even wicked and unjust rulers. Now, it's not to say that there is right, never a time in which it is just to, to, to speak out. Uh, but we have to ask ourselves, even in those times, how are we to do it? Right? How are we to do it? And Scripture, I think, gives us clear examples of, of how that ought to be done. Right? And how you can still serve God and not compromise and yet respect those in authority over you. Uh, think of uh, the time in which Saul was trying to kill David. And remember what his son Jonathan says to him in, in 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse 4. He says, let not the king sin against his servant David. Right? He, he does the right thing here, doesn't he? Uh, in, in calling his father to not uh, transgress the sixth commandment. But how does he do it? Right? He doesn't do it in front of all these people trying to embarrass his father. Um, 
And neither, even when he is telling him this, does he lack respect in any way. He says, let not the king sin against his father. And what we're told right after that is that his father heeds his son's words. And so you see that oftentimes you can gain or lose someone's ear by how we speak to them. Right? Whether we have respect and demonstrate respect and reverence and honor to those over us, or we don't. I mean, think of King Nebuchadnezzar as well. He was acting wickedly and he was acting outside of his sphere, right? As the ruler, trying to put to death Daniel's three friends for not worshiping uh, the image. And when he calls those friends before him and he says, you know, they're going to suffer this, this death in the fiery furnace. And he says, well, who's going to deliver you from this? What was their response, right? It wasn't uh, disrespect. It wasn't dishonor. What they said to him was this, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace and He will deliver us out of your hand, O King. So, how do you keep the King's command? Right. Ultimately, uh, right, by, through obedience. But even when the King isn't fulfilling His office, the respect ought to be there. Right? The respect ought to be there. Uh, the, Daniel's three friends still call him king, don't they? Right? They still call him king. So wisdom tells us that we are to honor those over us. And it is not contingent upon whether they are good men, right? godly men are acting rightly. Uh, neither is our obedience contingent on whether we like something they say or not. Right? Whether we agree with something that they say or not. I mean, we so easily forget the political, now in our political climate, uh, Daniel, men like Daniel and Joseph, right, who are serving under wicked rulers, and yet they see no problem with it. And it does, it affects not any bit their allegiance to God either, right? They can both serve the king as God has commanded them and serve God. But that's because wisdom tells them that a part of their allegiance to God is is honoring the king. Right? You want to honor God, honor the king. I mean, I think today people have it's almost like a badge of honor to, to be disrespectful to those in authority over us, especially those that we don't like. But we need to see that the, the Christian shows themselves to be Christian in not being like the world, and not reviling the leaders we hate, but rather praying for them. Right? We show ourselves to be Christian when commanded to do something perhaps we don't want to do, we do it anyway because the king has commanded it. This is the same thing that Paul writes to Christians living under oppressive government that would imprison them and and put them to death. In Titus chapter 3, verse 1, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities and to be obedient. Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution whether it be the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. Romans 13.1 Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Right? What does Jesus even say himself? Render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. What's he saying? The same thing Solomon says. Keep the king's command. 
Right? Jesus says the very same thing. But why is this repeated again and again and again and again throughout Scripture? Well, I think because it's counterintuitive to human wisdom, isn't it? Right? It's counterintuitive to how we think by nature. We think of someone as wicked, of someone as vile, of someone as evil. We don't need to show them respect. Right? If someone uh, acts unjustly, we don't need to, to listen to them or, or honor them in any way. That if they are not godly, they don't deserve our respect. Or if they're not ruling according to, to God's law, we don't have to honor them. But wisdom says, no, yes you do. Right? Wisdom says, yes you do. Yes, you don't sin if that is what is required of you, but, but any other time we are to offer full loyalty to our government and always offer respect to those over you. And yet, brothers and sisters, isn't it hard? It's hard to do that. Oftentimes, uh, the decisions government makes upset us. Uh, we want uh, to, to, to scream and to shout and to protest and do all those things, but this is why right, we need both Christ and the Spirit. Uh, because only then we can we can understand, right, that 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 Christ says or God says, right, vengeance is mine. Uh, only with with Christ in the Spirit can we have have patience, right, in and be long suffering, even when we are under right wicked and unjust rulers, um, knowing that ultimately God has put us in these things in order that we might glorify Him. Right? Uh, our mind, even when we suffer under unjust rule, or unjust law, uh, ought to always keep coming back to, to the cross and to Christ. Right? Because ultimately, think about this. Right? Jesus is put to death in the most unjust killing that there ever was. And yet, what did Jesus say to everyone around him? Keep the king's command. He said, keep the king's command. Why? Because he knew that this was ordained by God. This was ordained by God. This was something that, that he had to suffer. Right? God was the one who put those leaders there to, to inflict that pain upon him. And so Jesus submitted himself to that. And so there's a, a delicate balance though, isn't there? Right? When to obey the king's command and when to Say no. There's a delicate balance. But this is why then we read in verses 3 and 4 this. Be not hasty to go from His presence. Do not take your stand in an evil cause, for He does whatever He pleases. For the word of the King is supreme. And who may say to Him, what are you doing? Right? It's wisdom that tells us how to deal not only respectfully, but carefully right, with the King. Uh, when those over us uh, sin, right? oftentimes we want to revolt, but Solomon says the wise person won't. Why? Well, because ultimately we realize that God controls the times. Right? God controls the seasons. He reigns over kings. He has put them there for a purpose. Right? We, we know that the, the, the heart of that king is like water in the hand of our Lord. And so we trust that whatever's happening is not happening outside of God's sovereign control. That whatever is happening is happening according to God's intended purposes. And so we need to see that, that insubordination to any authority, government, parents, a teacher, employee, is really a distrust of the sovereignty of God. It's a distrust of the sovereignty of God. And, and too many Christians are, are guilty of this. Right? Perhaps all of us here are guilty of this. 
Uh, but that's because I think right, many of us maybe have not grown up in our heavenly wisdom. Right? It's easy to respect and to honor and to obey people you like. It's much harder to do, to do those things, to respect and to honor and to obey those that you dislike. But what marks out a Christian amongst the world is that we serve both the same. We serve both the same. And so to be hasty and to, and to go out of the presence of the king would be what? It would be to show him up. It would be an act of disrespect. Right? Yes, there will be times in which we must stand up to what's right when a ruler chooses wrong, but wisdom tells us that every time is not the time to do it. And every time is not the time to do it. Remember, especially in the ancient world, right? the, the king's command was oftentimes the law. And so the wise thing to do sometimes was to quietly obey. Right? It was to quietly obey even if you didn't agree. And God gives a promise to those who you use this heavenly wisdom. Right? What do we read in verse 5? Whoever keeps a command will know no evil thing. And the wise heart will know the proper time and the just way. Right? What Solomon's saying is it's in your best interest to keep the law. Right? It's in your best interest to keep the law insofar as you can. Right? You may not want to pay taxes, but if God commands it and human in, in our in wisdom dictates it, then we ought to do that. Right? Because to not do so is to put oneself in harm's way. Right? To not obey the laws of the king is to put yourself in harm's way. I think today, in our current climate, um, people take pride in uh, getting in trouble when they're acting against authority, um, even maybe getting arrested. Um, now, sometimes we might actually have to do those things. Right? If the government says to you, you must say Caesar is, is Lord, we say no. Right? Jesus is Lord, even if that means that I must die. But I think oftentimes people almost enjoy antagonistically right, placing themselves in those kind of situations right, uh, to stir up that kind of controversy, to get themselves in trouble. But uh, there's much better ways that God has, has called us to serve Him and that we can affect even change. Right? Think of what uh, Paul says to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Right, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Starting at verse 1. First of all, then, I urge that supplications... Prayers, intercessions, thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. For there is one God, there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. Right? Wisdom calls us to see the big picture. Don't just look at this one little present moment. See the big picture. See what God is doing. And see how God uses His church to accomplish His purposes. Right? We need to understand there's a, there's a proper time for everything. Right? Wisdom, though, helps us to discern when that time is. When you neglect that, when you use earthly wisdom instead of heavenly wisdom, 
Right? Oftentimes you will suffer unnecessarily. You will suffer unnecessarily. This is why then Solomon goes on to say in verse 6, For there is a time and a way for everything, although man's trouble lies heavy on him. Right? Willful ignorance of God's wisdom is a great detriment in the Christian life. Right? There is so much evil around us. There's so much trouble around us that we need to use wisdom right? in order that we might exercise right judgment in this evil world. This is why we need to continue to make improvements upon the wisdom of God, right? by the grace of God, so that we might know how to live under every circumstance and in every occasion. Right? But our knowledge, brothers and sisters, and our wisdom has limits, don't they? This is why Solomon goes on to say in verse 7, for he does not know what is to be, for who can tell him how it will be? Right? There are so many events in our lives that we don't know the outcome of. So much going on, we don't know what will happen. This is why to depend on your own wisdom, to depend on human wisdom is the method of fools. The wise man follows the commands of God, knowing that it's God who has ordained all things. It's God who has ordained the the end from the beginning. Verse 8 continues to deal with our inability, but also how understanding that inability is a practical use of wisdom. Saying this in verse 8, No man has power to retain the spirit or power over the day of death. There is no discharge from war, nor will wickedness deliver those who are given to it. He says what? Everyone dies. Even the king, the all-powerful king, cannot retain his spirit when God says that this is your last breath. Remember then, those rulers that we must serve under, act wickedly, who create even unjust laws, we must remember they will not escape death. Right? They will not escape punishment. And yet, if, if there's anything uncertain, it's at what hour we will die, isn't it? But we see that, that the king is as powerless over that as the poorest of people on the earth or as, 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 as powerless as, as an infant. Wisdom tells us no man can control this reality. God has stamped upon every single one of us here our expiration date. He has stamped that upon every single one of us. There there is no victory in this war, Solomon says. Death wins. That's how it ends. Death wins. There is no fleeing death. Hebrews 9.27 It has been appointed unto man once to die. This is a warning then, though for the wicked, isn't it, as well? It's a warning to to those unjust and wicked rulers. No matter how far wickedness might advance you in this life, no matter how much power and authority you might amass through the use of wickedness, you are not exempted from death. Death has dominion over all. We do not have dominion over it. And yet this, brothers and sisters, is the reason why we must look to the one who who alone had dominion over his own life, and yet decided to lay it down and to die for everyone who would believe. John chapter 10, verse 18. Jesus says, No one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to take it up again. So wisdom tells us that in the midst of evil, in the midst of, of having wicked rulers and wicked authorities over us, in recognition of our limitations and our inability to to stop death or to know the day of it, that we must run to Christ, 
who has all power and authority over both life and death. Right? Wisdom tells us that, that Christ will be the shield of His people over his, our every enemy. That in Christ we don't have to fear evil or evil rulers or even the day of our death for His rod and His staff shall comfort us. It is in Christ that you find your only comfort. Why? Christ has defeated death. He has conquered death. He has destroyed the one who has power over death and He has removed the very sting of death for those who believe. In Christ, although then we might suffer great trials, great tribulations, great injustices to our persons here on earth, godly wisdom helps us to submit to God's providential hand in those things. Knowing that ultimately God is still, even in the midst of those things, taking care of us. You see, brothers and sisters, the cross ought to change our view of everything. The cross ought to change our view of everything. It ought to teach us how we are to trust God and His wisdom in every circumstance and situation, in how we relate to authorities, even wicked ones, and in how we approach the inescapable reality of death. And don't we have every reason to trust our Lord? It was in that same infinite wisdom that He he sent His Son into the world to die for us that we might be redeemed from our sin, that we might be saved out of this sin-cursed world. May that cause us to praise God then for His grace in saving us and that in His plan to unite us to Christ, we now are eternally safe. Although we all one day must die, while torment and suffering awaits the wicked. For you and I, for all who believe, victory and eternal life lies ahead. But until that day, let us continue to serve God by walking in the wisdom of the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You, Lord, how it It teaches and corrects and encourages us. Uh, We pray, Lord, that Your Word would do that very thing here this evening. Uh, That, Lord, we would humble ourselves under Your Word. uh, That we would recognize that uh, we do not have all the answers that You do. That we must uh, cast ourselves upon You. That we must walk in in the wisdom of the Lord. Um, If we... Uh, want safety and security in this world. But ultimately, Lord, we thank You that that You sent uh, wisdom personified into the world. Uh, You sent Christ into the world uh, who is the wisdom of all who believe. And we thank You that in His uh, life and in His death uh, that He has paid the price for our sin. uh, That uh, through His ascension He sent the Holy Spirit who now uh, leads us in all paths of righteousness. And we just ask, Lord, uh, that You would continue uh, to be that lamp unto our feet, that we might continue to, to walk in all wisdom before outsiders. And so, Father, we come before You and we ask all these things in Christ's name we pray. Amen.